if you're wanting to reach out to influencers, sign up for people's freaking email lists and then respond to their emails. Yes. You'd be shocked, but like a lot of really you know big name people read those replies and will actually reply to you. <laughs> hey there, are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. So, Josh, I guess the, the, the place I like to start with with email marketing is is list building. You know, so so my business is Podcast Motor. We do uh, podcast editing and production for mostly sort of online entrepreneurs and small businesses. And say we have a list of 100 people right now on our email list and we mm-hmm. blog every week. In your opinion, at what point is a list really, I don't want to say worth it, but at what point <laughs> is a list really good to where you can start doing things with a list other than promoting your content? It, it really depends on as far as like when is it actually worth it, right? That really, it, it kind of depends on the value of a customer to you. So, you know, if you're going, if you've got some kind of you know, $10,000 package that you sell to high, you know, very successful dentists or something, then, you know, a hundred, a hundred people on an email list, that's worth, that's worth hammering, you know, that's worth working, working on pretty good. But for me, like I know with, with my current, current list, with my copywriting um, site, I kind of, I kind of just let it build and didn't do a whole lot with it until I got to around a thousand, and that just felt like a good number to me, to where I, I felt like I'd start investing in it. Now I, now I actually do uh, like live broadcast emails every day, uh, five days a week. So I didn't really want to put that kind of work into it. I had what I had done was I set up like a maybe a ten email autoresponder just so those people would at least kind of get to know me over a few weeks, and then I just neglected it for a while to be honest. But you know now it's it's I'm I'm getting around maybe 200 opt-ins a month now on that list and you know that's enough that I can I can keep it growing and and I feel like it's worth uh, worth investing in. How do you view what you think you should get out of it? So like for me with Podcast Motor, I sell a $600 a month podcast editing and production service. We basically you know like today we would end this recording, upload it to Dropbox, and our team does everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So like we're never gonna have. 100 customers even, right? So I look at like my email list of almost 100 people and that's cool. So why would I have want to have a list of 5,000 people? Well, you're going to have churn in those customers, right? Yeah. Uh, you want to have, I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to have, um, you always want to have the next deal coming and the more, the more people you get on your, on your list, you can get, you can start to build a waiting list. You can build demand, which allows you to, 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 you know, raise your prices over time or offer, you know, higher tiers of service that lets you raise your profit margins. Um, so I think, you know, getting, getting more and more people, Knowing what you're doing, understanding what you're doing, um, valuing what you're doing, and um, you know that's that's always a good thing for any business. Now, if you've got like a little tiny affiliate product that you're selling, well, uh, it's the same deal, really. You need to be you need to be doing more than going after that two dollar sale. You're never going to make any money. You've got to you know a- any good affiliate marketer doesn't they might lead with a seven dollar tripwire product, but they've got you know they've got five related offers waiting in the wings and after you buy one they're going to start you know upselling you to the next one and the next one um that list uh is it, it really is one of the most value it's it's the most valuable asset that you have in your business and you know if you if something happens and you lose five customers one month and you've got a list of five thousand people well you can replace them you know <laughs> probably with one mm-hmm. email you know if you've got a list of 5,000 people and, and 200 of them are begging you to get on your service tomorrow, you know, that that's a level of security that you, you it's, it's worth a lot of money. I see the value in it for a lot of the reasons you say. And I, I think at least right now, they're a little indirect. Um, I don't know that we've directly converted someone from our, our drip campaign mm-hmm. um, to being a customer, but I know, like you said, what, is your, either, what does your drip campaign look like now? It's a seven part, I guess an eight part email course. On right. you know okay. how to how to do a good podcast. Yep. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good start. I mean, that's how how long does that stretch out? Two a little over two weeks. Okay, that's that's not yeah. bad. So, yeah, I like to you try know, to almost every other day with a couple yeah random like emails in there. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I tried. I I encourage people to try to do. You know, I like to see eight to ten touches within the first two weeks, because if you do, if you do a lot less than that, you start to people start to forget who you are. Like they, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I I have a story I like to tell where I, I got on this email list, and I was really excited about it. It was a somebody I respect recommended this guy's email list, and then I didn't even get a welcome email. And then like seven days later, the first issue of his newsletter showed up and I looked at the subject line and I was like, this looks like something I would have subscribed to. I have <laughs> no idea what this is. And I it was, I remember it because it was like such a shock to sit there and I felt like, did somebody sell my email address to somebody? Like, you know, because it was a copywriting related thing and it looked like, it looked like something I would be interested in, but I had no idea who this guy was. And here it was, you know, just a week ago, I was all excited <laughs> I was really excited to sign up for this guy's list, and now I couldn't even remember who he was. And that happens, yeah, that happens in all different industries. They, that's that's an interesting thing. So when people sign up to your your list for the first time, it's important to get the welcome email out there. Mm-hmm. And often I, I'll have a, a responder sequence of four or five emails set up for them, depending on what the purpose is of, of the list and the sign up. It could be a course or, or just, you know, like for this podcast, just to keep in the loop. But I, I struggle with an issue where as I'm crafting these emails, and I, I have the same issue with blog posts too. How personal do you generally get in these things? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and it kind of depends on your own comfort level. But the more personal that you can get generally, the more your list will bond with you. And so like, for example, I mean, I, you know, for my list, I send out stories about my kids, you know, I now I make it I make it relevant. I tie it into some kind of marketing or business lesson or copywriting lesson. Right. But like I've got one that I'm working on. Right. I'm probably going to do in the next couple of days with like my five-year-old is, um, you know, he, he does not like, he has very specific things that he likes to eat. We'll put it that way. And if we don't, if we don't keep after him, he kind of like starts to drop foods, like the foods he was eating two weeks ago, he won't eat anymore. <laughs> and uh, so so now I have to kind of keep after him, and uh, and the latest thing is this today this morning we were having a little a little battle over a, a green bean. Like I, I wanted him to eat a green bean, and he wouldn't eat it. And so I, what I did was I gave him a time limit, and then I gave him I like I very I, I actually had to, at one point I had to stand over him and say, okay, pick up that piece of green bean, put it in your mouth, chew it, and swallow it. I'm going downstairs in five minutes. If you're not done with it, you know, this, this, and this is going to happen. And I had to be really explicit with him and give him the exact steps. Um, and I'm going to, so I'm, if I tell this story to him in my email, um, I'll tie it in by, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come back and come, come back around and say, with your call to action, you, some, you need to be that specific with people. You need to tell them, here are the exact steps to do. You know, don't assume anything in your call to action. It should be very explicit when you're writing a sales page. So, you know, that type of thing. And the more, the more personal, I found that the more personal I get, you have to be careful that you don't become just like self-indulgent and kind of just vent and rant right. um, your own personal feelings about stuff. Uh, you want to have, it needs to have some kind of redeeming value to it. But, you know, if you do it carefully, it really, really bonds people to your list and people respond, respond like crazy when I, when I do that kind of stuff. That's really interesting. That was a great example. Yeah, I've done one for, I did an email for a, uh, a dental um, practice management coach about his drinking problem. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he had a drinking problem when he was younger and that kind of thing. People, people really, really respond to that kind of honesty. Huh. That, yeah, that was a. Actually, a really thought-provoking example I'm thinking about. <laughs> All the stuff that I could uh, tie into an email. Another question I had, and Craig, you can jump in here too. By the way, if I'm stepping on no, you, no, I'm laughing at the I'm laughing at the green bean thing. That's uh, <laughs> I have a, a almost a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and that's us going to bed every night, or them going to bed yeah. every night. And it's yeah. uh, there. My wife is putting them to bed now, but it's. Yeah. If you don't go to bed, I'm going to turn the light off. And then it's if you don't go to bed, I'm going to turn the light off and close the door and I'm going to take your train away and I'm going to. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> every night. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with p- picking up toys. Like it, when if I just tell them clean up the room, nothing happens. But if I, I so sometimes when they're really hyper, it'll be like that yellow car, pick that up and put it in the crate right now and they'll yeah. do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a two year old that he's just getting into that phase right, right now. Actually, it's, it's, it's <laughs> astounding. 
Good so luck. <laughs> it's cool that we're all kind of at this phase of life. Yeah. I've got three boys under five. So they're. Oh, my goodness. Bless yeah, you. Busy, busy. <laughs> I have one of each, and I, I can see why some people are like, uh, you know, spinning their sperm down to only have girls because uh, <laughs> they are just so nice. <laughs> we're, we're ostracizing a, a, a half of our audience, I guess, but. I mean, my daughter is just so kind and everything. My son is just a total <laughs> maniac. It's oh, awesome. man. I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe it's the parents because uh, um, <laughs> I've got a, you know, I've got four girls in the house and a little boy. Oh. And um, my, my boy is such a sweetheart most of the time. <laughs> and the girls are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So, I mean, if, if, if there's one child that will come up and sit on my lap and just let out a huge, like, fart, it's a girl. <laughs> It'll be a chick every time. You got to wonder what that says about you, Ken. <laughs> uh, we laugh and we high five. Yeah, that's that's oh, our yeah, whole tater. Yeah. Hey, so Josh, I'm sorry. So you know, riffing a little bit on on Ken's question about mm-hmm. you know trans not transparency, but um, you know personality and in email copy, is there like a, a framework that you follow? Um, I, I've followed a lot of what Noah Noah Kagan and the AppSumo guys kind of preach about. Uh, some of those those frameworks that they follow at AppSumo uh, around copy. Is there something that you really like that every time you write down, you go to write either an email or a, a sales page or something that you kind of default to like a, a certain framework or a methodology? Well, there's, I mean, I think the, the framework that AppSumo talks about, that those guys talk about the most is ADA, which is attention, des- uh, attention interest, desire, action. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the start, you try, and this this actually kind of dovetails pretty well with the story that we just talked about with the green bean, right? So, that's like, you know, you want to start that off. You need you need a good a good subject line, obviously, um, and then that 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 little story captures their in, their attention and then captures their interest. You get some. You try to usually with the the first sentence. So the, the two really important parts in an email are. The subject line and that first sentence. First sentence needs to be short, punchy, just intriguing enough to get you reading. Um, so you really got you want to spend a little extra time on that first sentence. And a lot of times you'll find, just as a side note, you'll find that the first few sentences that you write are garbage. And if you just take them out, it's like you're clearing your throat. So you can just kind of delete them, and you'll have a nice punchy beginning that just jumps right into it. Yeah, so you can kind of get their you can kind of get their attention, their interest there through that story, and then where you transition into your pitch, and I I start talking about the call to action, you know that's that's building desire, and I might I might put throw in a couple of extra you know a couple of extra um, examples, like maybe one or two other examples of of how a good call to action can really you know can make a big difference, and then the desire that's a desire, and then the action would just be you know like. Click here to find out more. To, I, I'd, I'd maybe send people over to my um, copy critique package to learn more about how uh, you know I can I can help them make sure their call to action is strong. Um, so I I, I do kind of use that in my in the back of my head. I've done this so much that now that um, I kind of have more like categories of emails. So if I'm going to do a story. That is pretty much that's pretty much the framework that I'm going to use. Um, although I don't usually think of it in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple, some other, some other popular or some other common like ty- you know categories of or types of emails that I'll write. Uh, I do a lot of like Q and A. So people will send me questions, and now, and then this one's it, it's really I mean it's, I guess you can fit it into the same framework. Honestly, um, you want to you know you want to just short intro sentence jump right into the question and then just, you know, just answer it and then it transition into your pitch. A lot of times when I do a sales page, it's going to be, I tend to do, I tend to do more of the, um, you know, problem agitate solve like that. That tends to work for me. That tends to work really well in certain sales pages. Um, but you can also, I mean, it, I, I don't have a specific formula that I use all the time. It really depends. It really depends on the particular product, and it's something you kind of have to develop a feel for. You know, as programmers, we we think of as we're defining a variable in a program. Yeah. Often you'll 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 configure what's called a default. I, I think it, in all areas of life, it's good to have good defaults. So right. even in in crafting a good email or sales letter, if I don't have anything else in mind, 
what's just a good default, someplace to start so we're not starting with a blank page. The problem Agitate Solve is a really good one I hadn't thought of. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, that So it, it, part of the difficulty in answering this question is that it really depends on, part of, part of the decision depends on your market and how much contact they've had with you, what they've heard from you before. So like, it's a bad idea. Like if you've got a sales page for a product that is, and these people have been through, you know, your massive email sequence or your, they're getting daily emails from you. They really know who you are and what you are all about. Starting your sales page with a great big long story isn't necessarily the right call because yeah, sure. they've already, you know, they're kind of like, all right, I just need to know where's the buy now button. <laughs> right. You know, um, so like the level, their level of awareness of your product has a lot to do with it. Now, if you're sending ice cold traffic from like Facebook ads or something, then yeah, story might be the way to go. That's an interesting point. I just got a, a, an email from a person that I won't name who I've been on their list for almost four years now, and I've spent about uh, over 200 bucks a year on their premium membership. And uh, every email is this huge sales letter. It's like, dude, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just tell me that. Show me the, this call to action. You know, right. just give me a paragraph and move on. Yeah. This is insulting both of our uh, relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like to keep. I think like emails. I I prefer to keep relatively short. I I I'd like to see emails more in the two to five hundred word range. Uh, if you've got like a really good, if you've got like a really good kind of nurture style email where it's really just designed to inspire people. You know, with and it's a really good story that you've got. Then you can you can drag it out longer than that. But um, I prefer to just you know get them if it's if the, if it, they need a long sales pitch, I prefer to get them over to the sales page to for that. So so your copy critique uh, it's a service or, or product? I guess it's, it's I mean it's kind of, yeah. I'm actually this is something I'm just kind of working on right now actually. Um, I'm going to be working on some copy for it in the near future. It's actually not even up on my website. Um, But yeah, it's basically the basic idea would be, you know, you can't afford to hire me, you know, to work on your great big sales page, but you could use some pointers and there's a lot you can do. I mean, just by fixing the headline, you know, tweaking the offer a little bit, those are some of the biggest levers that you can pull Mm -hmm. on on a sales page. So, you know, or I could help you, you know, help you um, kind of, you know, Take a look at your uh, at your email sequence and how it's how it leads into your your sales message on the sales page or whatever. whatever. Like different options, um, yeah. and then I just charge a, like a flat rate for that. And I would do, I'd I'd collect all your materials, give you a questionnaire to fill out, and then um, you know probably do like a you know, a short video walkthrough where I talk through what I found and what I'd change and that sort of thing. That's huge, man. Because I, I think that. A lot of us that are sort of early to mid-stage in our yes. businesses have like things that have worked pretty well. And mm-hmm. then we get into the realm of, you know, testing and changing. And some of those things are scary because it's worked so far. Uh, right. And I'm guessing that would be your target audience is people that have, you know, sort of that five to $20,000 a month business uh, that can afford whatever you'll charge, which is not going to be a little bit, I'm sure, uh, but have the potential to really make it back pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I really don't like to I don't want people to I don't want to work with people who can't make them their investment back qu- quickly. I don't want to work with people in the first month probably, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um and I don't I really don't want to work with people who aren't ready, you know, aren't right. A lot of people, you know, I get I get I get a lot of inquiries from people who just aren't there yet. <laughs> they get yeah. they have no traffic to their site and they think that somehow that copy is going to magically fix that and you know copy is part of the equation but you've got to have other pieces to the machine as well typically um like people ask me a lot about oh what's your what's your pricing what's your pricing and i don't answer that question anymore i used to um but now i actually require people to spend some time with me and i charge for this um to do like an initial consultation where we walk through their existing funnel and you know, take a look at what they've got so that they're not getting into, they're not trying to hire me for a project that's not going to do them any good. But that's a great point too. So that they're also not price comparing you against somebody else as well. Ex- exactly. Yep. You know, I think just to, to, to hit on that, I, mean, I think that a lot of times 
and, and you're obviously well beyond this, but a lot of times people are afraid to charge early in mm-hmm. the funnel, if you will. Yeah. And it, what it ends up saying to potential customers is that you are so much more valuable than the guy that doesn't charge that they mm-hmm. want to work with you more. Yeah, you know, I, I I really dealt with this. I struggled with this when I first implemented this policy because you know I was like, "Gosh, how in the world, <laughs> how in the world am I gonna?" It's you're basically, I mean, bluntly, I'm charging for a quote, right? I mean, who does that? Um, but you know, you're gonna get so you're gonna know more about your business and your funnel after you go through this process with me that you wouldn't have known. You could make a better decision, and my mm-hmm. goal is to give you information that you can take and use. Uh, with any copywriter. So it's not like I'm not going to lock you into me, um, although I'll give you that money back as a credit if you decide to work with me for a bigger project. Um, but yeah, I really want to like, I want to I wanna help people, you know, get their head around what they actually need and not, you know, not try to bamboozle them into some big, huge project. So the industries you work with, is it normally just internet marketers or what? I mean, do you get into the, any of the more boring old industries that are out there? <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, I don't really do. I haven't done so far. I have not done a lot of work with internet marketers. Um, my ma- the main thing I've done in internet marketing is um, a course that I have up on my site about doing uh, giveaways, and that was for Noah Kagan's um, King Sumo giveaways plugin. Okay. So I, I I had a really good result with that with a giveaway that I did. So I wrote up a little course about how I did it. And I sell the plugin through that, so an affiliate deal. But I actually prefer, I prefer not to work with internet marketers unless they're really. I'd work with one if if he was really like really really legit. Um, I've actually I take well I take that back. I have actually um, I've ghostwritten for Perry Marshall, who's uh, pretty wow. well known. Yeah, he's the um, the eighty twenty sales and marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That book changed my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've I've ghostwritten for Perry a little bit. Um, so people like of that caliber, I would definitely I'd definitely be happy to work with. But most people most people doing internet marketing have only ever sold internet marketing, and I have no interest in working with them at all. <laughs> right. Um, and, and and fair fair distinguishing point: internet marketing doesn't mean online business. Yes. Yeah, and 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 a lo- like a lot of the more legit online marketers now are starting to call themselves digital marketers. So, you know, those are the people that are like not scammy. <laughs> right. So you're not crafting, you know, these people aren't crafting a sales page and a funnel for, you know, fitness products and then moving on to um, selling a course on how they made a sales page to sell fitness products. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing actually drives me crazy. Yeah. And I've held off. Eventually, I'd like to create some of my own products around copywriting and email and stuff like that. But I've kind of held off because I really want to have, you know, a few good solid years of experience and have something unique to say uh-huh. before I dive too deep into that. I, I think you, it, it's just, it's just disingenuous. Like people, people don't really, they've never even really implemented what, what they're, what they're teaching or maybe it's just re, either it's just regurgitated or maybe they've implemented it once and they got lucky and you know now they're trying to tell everyone that they can do it and they'll have the same results. Right. And plus internet marketing itself is just a it's a very different market. It's not a, it's not the real world. It's like it is um it's a bunch of junkies. Yeah. It's a bunch of cocaine addicts and you've got you know you've got the latest fix so you know it, it's what? not it's really not the real world. Yeah. Um, so and it's worse they're selling it to each other, you know, it's the dragon eating yeah, its tail. Exactly, yeah. So I don't work with them very much. Um most of my the businesses I work are at least, you know, solid online businesses, if not real world brick and mortar businesses. Yeah, that that's what I was getting at. So like a main street actual brick and mortar business. Do, mm-hmm. do they ever approach you? Have you worked with customers like that before? Um, I've worked with a few. It, it's They tend to have very small budgets or I haven't actively actively pursued them because they tend to have very small budgets and they tend to not think wisely about marketing. So yeah. they they view it as a cost and, you know, so they're, they're always pinching pennies and, um, you know, it, it, it is a cost if you do it wrong. <laughs> Right, as as most of them do, but you know, and then when when the economy gets tight, of course, everybody cuts back on marketing, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. 
In my uh, daytime life, I've gotten approached a couple times to help with marketing efforts for customers for more traditional, boring businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, some of them won't take no for an answer, so you, you do help them out as much as you can. And then it brings up the issue of how do I... You know, how do I find a topic that their customers want to, you know, subscribe to an email list about? You know, you know what I mean? And it, it seems like, you know, back to your point about them looking at it as a cost rather than an investment. Um, I see that change if it's a business that has more than one location. You know, if it's a mom and pop in the corner um, mm -hmm. spot on Main Street selling, you know, whatever their homemade thing is, that's one thing. And they definitely see that as a cost. But if they have multiple locations, you know, the, the, the regional muffler fix-it shop, for mm -hmm. instance, they don't mind investing in marketing, but they may not still be sophisticated enough to know where to invest in marketing. And so when they come my way, <clears throat> me just being a novice in all things marketing. I try to help them out as best I can in addition to the normal engagement that they've hired me to do, which is usually some kind of programming thing. And then it comes down to the point of how do I find topics that their customers care about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, okay, so let's take the muffler shop example. Yeah. So if I was, if, I mean, if I was doing this, now the, the, the trick is, I think that the harder question is actually not how do I find topics that the customers will be interested in, but how do I convince the business owner that this approach is worth doing? Right. Um, and I think that, and that's, you know, in most cases, that's going to be a losing battle unless they've, you know, like maybe they have, um, if they've taken, like gotten into the Dan Kennedy world, mm -hmm. um, then he does, he does so much stuff with brick and mortar. If they've gotten into his, his circle, then that maybe they'll they'll start to see the value of a more you know more um, like a less corporate more personal and friendly and interesting approach to their marketing. Mm -hmm. um, but the but the muffler shop, oh my goodness! Um, as far if like if you're just going to go st the straight information marketing route, there just go on a car forum and start you know search muffler. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and 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 then and sort by sort by activity, so you can see what's the most viewed, mm -hmm. and you're going to see all kinds of people, you know, complaining about the cheap, the counterfeit muffler they bought that you know fell off their car after ten miles, and you can just have a field day with that stuff. It's not, it's it's not hard. I mean, if you are if you're struggling to find topics to write about, you either just don't know the market well enough. Or you don't know your offer well enough is what I've found. Like if, if you don't know if you, if you haven't figured out those two things clearly, it's really difficult to write right. anything. Um, but yeah, once you know once you know really who you're going after, it becomes so much easier. Um, and, and actually, that's easier. That's easier than like. What's really tricky is when you're going after um, businesses that have really when you're working with a business that has a really small private customer base like um i i actually did some work recently with a company that makes they sell they make um sensor processing software and sensor processing modules for like internet of things devices okay. so small consumer electronics well you know that's going to be tough it's going to be a little tougher for me to figure out because you know they're they're going after basically electronic startups and those are a little tougher. <laughs> right. That's that's going to be tougher. And in that case, what you'd want to do is is if they've got a sales force or a couple sales guys or whatever, um, you'd want to sit down with them and and like you know talk to them because they're going to know what a lot of the customer hot buttons are. And I'd I'd start there. Um, I'd get some references to some customers that have either some customers or some prospects, and I'd interview them. And so when it's a smaller market and it's not as as general interest or, or general like consumer audience, it does get you. You have to work harder, right? But it's there if you dig for it. Interesting. So, Josh, you touched on marketing a little bit, um, and and sort of content or informational marketing. But uh, I, I guess specific to your business, because uh, I think it's probably more representative of a lot of people that listen to our show and the types of businesses they run. Um, how have you brought people into your, I'd say, funnel? But how have you 
successfully marketed to what end up being your your target audience for your yeah, copywriting yeah. services? Yeah. So this is this is definitely an ongoing. I mean, I'm experimenting with different things, um, but I've done in like I, I recently did a uh, direct mail campaign that actually worked. I was fairly happy with the results. I got like a about a three and a half percent response rate to a a letter that I sent out um, to a specific type of marketing consultant. Um, so they were like a high, you know, potentially high value prospect for me. Um, so, so direct mail, I mean, if you can, direct mail is actually great. A lot of people overlook it because it costs some money and it's a little, it's more work. But if you can, um, it's great because you can send mail to people unsolicited and no one complains. <laughs> Right. It can't it's not be, against the law. Yeah, and it's not against the law. Now, email, you know, you can do cold emails, and if you craft them right, you know, you'll get some, you'll get a decent response rate. But um, yeah, you can blast out a direct mail piece with a lot, with with less effort. Like to send out a hundred cold emails where you've like customized them so that they're going to get a good response rate. I mean, that's a lot of work, and you can just you could just as easily send out a blast out a direct mail piece and get. Yeah, and it scales better, you know, and, and so so that's one avenue that a lot of people overlook. Um, I'm definitely going to be doing more of that. I was pretty happy with how it went. Um, LinkedIn for me is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really use it so much as a social network because uh, I've found that people don't tend to spend a lot of time on it. And it's it, – it, now, LinkedIn is one of those things that it will work for you – it may, it will work for some people and not others. Um, for me, it's great because marketing people are on LinkedIn all the time because they think they have to be on all the social media platforms. Um, so that you know that works really well. Um, so I can connect with marketing directors and you know consultants and that sort of thing um, pretty easily on LinkedIn, and they they're they'll respond to that. Um, when I send out a connection request, my response rate on those is anywhere from fifty to seventy percent usually. So, you know, I can I can get in touch with people pretty easily with LinkedIn. Um, I, and is that a, yeah. a bit of a surrogate to cold emailing then? Um, actually, the way I've been using it is um, I will I connect with people and then I do LinkedIn Pulse posts. And then what that does is it actually sends a notification to people that you've published a post and oh. they'll come look at you. So, yeah, I've got right now, I have probably around, I actually, since I switched from programming to, uh, to copywriting, I've, I've added maybe three to 400 people um, who are in the copywriting marketing arena. And if I publish a, a marketing-related post, I'll get anywhere from 20 to 100 views on that post. And I'll usually put a call to action driving people back to my website to opt in for something. Yeah. So, you know, it's now in in my business, I don't need, I don't need so much like a lot of leads and traffic. I need high quality people because I need people that have big budgets that know what I do and understand what I do. So I don't have to educate them and do marketing 101 all the time. Right. So that's what LinkedIn is great. It's it's like a big giant database that lets you research people and find you know exactly the right people for you. Um, so yeah, LinkedIn is pretty good. Um, I do podcasts <laughs> uh, like this. I've gotten some I've gotten some good leads from podcasts. Um, I also do. Uh, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge believer in blogging for traffic. Um, if and if I do if I do blog, it's usually going to be a big, big, huge, great, big, long guest post um, for somebody else's blog that already has a lot of traffic. Uh, actually, the majority of the people on my email list right now come to me through a post I wrote for Pat Flynn. Um, I wrote a big case study about my giveaway that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and that did pretty well on his site and. Um, People, you know, so so people were coming over to my site to opt in for. The, I, I had a coupon code, but they had to come to my site to opt in for it. So I drove everyone, everyone that was interested from his site, got funneled over to my site. So I'm sure, that's how I ended up on your list too. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you can swing a deal like that, um, 
then like a lot of the bigger sites like entrepreneur.com and stuff they they won't let you they won't let you put a, a like a newsletter link or anything in but they'll they'll usually at least let you put like a you know bio link um just to your mate homepage um so yeah I, i'd prefer i like the type of writing that i like to do and that i think really bonds people to me is the more personal the more personal style of writing and that's not very seo friendly um i i don't have a lot of time to sit down you know three times a week and write this great big long 3000 word you know master master blog post about some marketing tactic um that's going to get a lot of seo juice so i'd rather just for me i'd rather just get my traffic from other sources and bring people and for me my email list is my audience I'm less concerned about the blog itself. Uh, I just actually my blog right now is mainly just my emails. I just throw them up there. Um, <clears throat> I also do um, I do a lot on Twitter. Um, so I've got I use Edgar Edgar app to schedule. Um, it basically picks up and re- automatically picks up and retweets anything that I publish on my blog. Um, I also have an app that's a slightly shady that I use to follow people. Um, and you know, get their attention that way, and then they follow me back. So, I've grown a pretty big audience on Twitter that way. Um, what else? I think that I think those are the main kind of the main ways that I've so far have used to get people into my funnel. I'm going to be looking at Facebook ads pretty soon. Uh, I just I've just started working with Facebook a little bit, and uh, it's it's interesting. I think it's going to I'll have to see whether it works for me because copywriting is such a specialized, you know, specialized sub-discipline of marketing that it's going to be interesting to see if I can get enough people to target on Facebook. Um, but I'm I'm planning on trying that out here pretty soon. And, and I would just that that's fantastic information. I mean, that's really helpful for I think for both Ken and I and a lot of people listening. I would say the one thing that people should keep in mind with that is. Pat Flynn is not the first person that you guests posted for, I'm no. sure. And, um, you know, following no. kind of yeah. the Rob Walling stair step, you know, go try to guest post on Josh Earl's site. Or, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. not that you're, you know, significantly, uh, you know, lower profile than Pat Flynn, but um, maybe maybe one step. But, you know, maybe try try and work your way up to it. And, and I think it, it will help your confidence and and kind of give you a bit of a portfolio. When yes. you do go approach the big dogs, yes, I agree. And I, I would also say, um, don't uh, when you do guest posting, you don't necessarily have to write the whole thing. Now with Pat, I did because he's super busy, and uh, I'd, I'd written. I basically wrote the thing, and I knew I was going to publish it somewhere, and I just was. Sh- I shopped it. I was going to shop it around, and he was my first choice. And I ended up. I ended up badgering him into taking it. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was. I, was I mean, that probably made made your business right it it's really helped i mean i make i've i've made uh, we'll call we'll call it it took me 20 hours to write that post it is it was definitely thousand dollar an hour work so i've made yep. a, a night that's a nice little chunk of income i make every month that i don't have to do anything for awesome so how often do you badger um this badgering tactic let me let me dive into that for a second you said you badgered pat for yeah for this post <laughs> Have have you done that before or since? Um, for Pat or for, in for general? Just in general as a tactic to get. Um, um so with Pat, it was not I, I, that badgering is a little bit too pejorative. It was really more like I emailed him about it. He didn't email me back, um, and then I like asked a couple of people to ask him about it, and then I contacted him on Twitter, and that was what finally got his attention. Huh. Um, and I think I might have emailed him one, like once or twice. Right, so, but you didn't take that initial silence to be a no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. I mean, especially these days, anybody that's successful, there's a pretty good chance that they've got a VA who screens their emails for them. Um, so you got to find like actually a lot of I, what I found is that um, Twitter is actually a really good tool to make that first contact with people because they don't. Um, there, there's no, there's generally no filters there, and they, some of them might have like somebody who runs their social media account, but it seems like even like a lot of the big people that you'd think would have more gatekeepers in place actually do kind of keep an eye on their own Twitter feeds. So, like Mark Cuban and, and the yeah, Trump, 
Yeah, and actually Perry Marshall, that's how I kind of got in touch with him at first. I I have so I mentioned Edgar app and Edgar is basically like autoresponders for Twitter where you can add content to a queue and it will get recycled. So if I haven't tweeted anything new for a few days, you know, it'll pick up older stuff that I added a while back. And so whenever I do that, I add I at mention the person whose um, blog post I'm tweeting. So, you know, Perry, I didn't even really think about this, but he was seeing my name pop up in his Twitter feed, you know, every, you know, probably twice a month, <laughs> um, you know, over and over for a few months. And then when I actually ended up talking to him on the phone, he already, like, I was shocked because he already kind of knew, at least knew my name and is like, you know, kind of was aware of me. So that's a good, that's a really good tactic. If you're, if you're wanting to reach out to influencers, that is a good tactic. Another tactic that I've used that's really powerful is um, sign up for people's freaking email lists and then respond to their emails. Yes. Because (laughs) most people like most, you'd be shocked, but uh, like a lot of really, you know, big name people read those replies and will actually reply to you. (laughs) And you do that a few times, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, I'm on um, two people that I've gotten to know pretty, pretty well just on email like that is um, Bob Bly, who's, one of the top copywriters in the country, and um, a guy who's a little more low pro- profile, but um, uh, Brian Kurtz, he is one of the best like direct mail geniuses uh, out there. And he, um, you know, these guys both send out their own emails, and I just replied and said, "Thank you. This was really good. I appreciated this." Or maybe I'll add, you know, a thoughtful comment to it. And you know, you do that a few times, and now you've got a new buddy. That is an excellent tactic. That's a, that's a great takeaway for our listeners. Yeah, and I didn't even, it wasn't really something I was doing on purpose initially, and then I realized, and I was like, oh, okay. No, well, this, yeah, I agree. Works. It's got to be sincere, right? You yeah, can't give them yeah. a form letter in, re- in response. It's got to be a sincere, right. <laughs> hey, I enjoyed this about your, you know, X, Y, Z. I think it's the beauty of, of high-touch, jo- you know, businesses and, and yeah. sales is you can afford to send two of those a day, right? Right. And, or yep. five a week or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. your return doesn't have to be stellar for it to be really impactful. Even, exactly. Those aren't even your customers, but they are in exactly. your circle now. And so if you need yeah. something or you want a guest post or you want to go stray for them, then you're, you're really, you know, several steps closer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if you're in a, a, a business where, You've got, you know, it's more of a, you know, smaller sales, lots and lots of smaller sales. There's still, there's still parallels you can do. Like you can do um, the same thing to find partners to promote your stuff, you know, um, to like joint venture partners. And, you know, if you're like, if you sell a $7 ebook on fitness, <laughs> there are definitely people in the fitness world who are bigger than you uh, who might be interested in doing something with you at some point. That's a great tip. I, I, I showed you this question before, and I hesitate to ask it now, but it, it's still based on the, um, the reminder and the, and the, and the nagging, <laughs> and right. the, the badgering. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I have, this, um, I have this step in my, my email campaigns where people sign up on the landing page, and then, then there's, there's one conversion step that they have to do. Okay. And sometimes it should happen right away. They get an email, hey, click this link, go here, do this thing. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, a lot of people don't do it. And so I put them in this campaign, um, drawing on the advice from Steli Efti that I got at MicroConf, was to just not assume that these people don't like your product or don't want your product. If they haven't said no, they're just busy. So just keep asking. And so yeah. I put them on this list that I um, I affectionately call the nag or die list, where <laughs> it's, you know, I just remind right. them um, every three days. You know, it's not like every day, but it's like every two or three days and say, hey, you know, I just want to remind you, I still haven't seen your, your, the conversion come through basically. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking the other day, is there, is there a better way to do this? I mean, <laughs> instead of just saying, Hey, you still haven't done the thing. Hey, you still haven't done the thing. And at the end of it, um, I give them the old tactic of, well, I guess this isn't the right time. So I'm just going to put you on this other list and I'm not going to ask you anymore. See you later. And it feels 
sleazy to me, right? So <laughs> especially that last email, it's it's the yeah. old it's it's clear it's clear what I'm trying to do there. And I've gotten people respond with it. No, 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 don't remove me from your list. I like the reminders. I just haven't had time, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So clearly yeah. it works, right? Right. Um, and I've only had two people unsubscribe from that thing. So there's okay. people just they, they continue to get these stupid <laughs> emails from me, right? I'm like, right. Just click unsubscribe already. Okay, so so can you tell me a little bit more about this? Like, is this a um, like what are you asking them to do? I'm asking them to click a link that takes them into a questionnaire. Questionnaire, and the questionnaire okay. takes about five minutes to fill out, and it's to give me a profile of what they're looking for in a mastermind group. Okay. Um, and at the end of the questionnaire, they're asked to pay money. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of a survey. Do you know what, uh, have you heard of Brian Levesque? Um, he's like, he's got this survey funnel. You're collecting information about people and then using that to help like upsell them on something. I am not, I'm not familiar with his. Okay. Um, so, okay. So the whole, hmm, the whole, the, the product, uh, maybe you're not familiar with the product. Um, I shouldn't assume that mastermind jam. Uh, mastermindjam.com we help entrepreneurs join a mastermind group um, a four person mastermind group peer driven mastermind group it's important to put that distinction out there so in order to know how to match them up with other entrepreneurs I've got to ask some basic questions that they may not ask for themselves some of them are prying questions like what's your revenue this month and what kind of business are you in or what stage are you at or you know what's your time zone what's your you know things like that right um and so, you know, it, 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 it is a time commitment. Some mm-hmm. people probably do click the link, get into it and feel like, boy, there's a lot here. Uh, I'll come back to this later and just never do. Yeah. yeah. Or other people get into it and think, you know, maybe before I spend the 50 bucks, I'll go and look on any of these free places where I can just hopefully stumble into somebody that I can be matched with. Right. So those are all, those are all valid reasons to not, mm-hmm. to not convert. So are you driving is the is the only purpose of this list then to get people basically to jo- to join to sign up for uh, mastermind jam? Yes, and well, the only reason they were getting this email at all is because they signed up for mastermind jam. Like to get on this particular list, you have to go to mastermindjam.com and put your email in the box. Okay. The box under which um it, <laughs> it says you will be charged $49 for this. So they go there, they put their name in the box, (laughs) they get an email back says, you know, congratulations, you've taken the first step. This is an investment in your business. It's a, it's a, it's a sales letter. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom it says, here's your personal link to start your onboarding. Right. And then they just don't click it. (laughs) Make them click the link (laughs) already. Yeah. It's like you contacted me. Yeah. Is it it orange? It it could be orange. (laughs) Actually, I think it is orange, actually, to put it out there, because the rest of the sales page is, like, blue or black, so. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, okay, well, a few thoughts here. So, um, I personally, I think that buy or die, is, as I would call it, is a viable strategy here, um, because, you know, they're they're opting in for something very specific. There's only one next step, right? Correct. If you had this, if, you, if this was just part of your, your bigger list, and, you know, you'd had a bunch of sub lists, and you know, people interested in different things and had eight products to sell and stuff, I would say put them on like a finite sequence and then, you know, just kind of kind of end it and, and then let them fall back into the hopper and, and they'll, they'll end up on some other little sub list. Yeah. But in this case, um, I mean, there's really, there's, there's only one next step. And I think like for you, I, I would be looking at doing, uh, for that, honestly, that seems like a good fit for me uh, for like a five- like a, a daily email thing, five days a week, um, thirty to sixty days, and I would start. I would start like I would pitch it from different angles. I think um, just from what you said, it sounds like they're mainly like reminders, and I think you got to resell it like every single day. Um, if you're not on, if you're not on Ben Settle's list, um, he would be a good guy to check out bensettle.com. He is very abrasive. <laughs> um, he likes to practice what he calls repulsion marketing, where he, he tries to push away people who are not a good fit for his product. Um, but he sells the same thing every day from that list. And it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting like case study in how to do this. And it works, it works really, really well. I mean, I don't know what the dude's making, but he, you know, he's making, I think, I think he's making mid five figures or, you know, close to that 
from selling a print newsletter via email. Wow. Um, well, how do you spell his last name so we can get that for S- our listeners? S-E-T-T, uh, sorry, S-E-T-T-L-E. Oh, ben, okay. Ben Subtle, yeah. The way you said it, I thought it was going to be S-U-B-T-L-E. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, okay. he's, uh, like he's not a, so subtle. He's a really he's a really great guy. I, I, I've gotten to know him a little bit personally. And um, but yeah, he kind of has this little swagger that comes across in his emails that I, I rather enjoy. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think for you, like because this is like so you're selling you're basically this is a little bit of like a business opportunity thing where it's like, you know, it's a little bit more. There's a more obvious return, you know, return on investment. You can you can tell stories about people who have had great successes through the mastermind. You've gotten uh, you can tell horror stories about people who went and you know did the free thing and got you know matched up with the mastermind group from hell where nobody wanted to do anything and they just wanted to complain. Yeah. And you can you know there's a lot you can do and every day it's just like drip drip drip. You know here's the link to sign up. You know what are you waiting for kind of thing. Um, and I think yeah I, I I'd be I'd Personally, I'd be comfortable doing that for at least thirty days. Wow! So you would you would turn the dial so it's daily, yeah, and then um, every day a, a different flavor of, of a sales yep picture yeah, letter. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get now. There's gonna be a lot of people who are just never gonna convert. I mean, that's just how that's it goes. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of people who had enough interest to type their email address in a box, but just you know, eighty twenty, right? It's it's the there's that long tail of people that their interest is like they have five dollars <laughs> worth of interest in this and you want 50 well yeah okay so f- i've only had this e- email campaign set up in this way since mid-june and i've got mm-hmm. 70 odd people in there now 17 have converted um That's really good um so. just a, f- a handful have unsubscribed and so the mm-hmm. i got 70 just sitting there <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hammer the seventeen who've converted necessarily. No, they're although, they're on to the next step. Yeah. Yeah, although you, there are ways to do that, that so that it can work. Um, I'm I've, I'm on an email list from a guy, the guy who runs the copychief.com, and he's got this amazing technique where he he pitches. It's like a private forum, and so he pitches it to um, both members and non-members in every email that he sends out. And the way he does it is he'll tell, you know, he'll have this great story, transitions it into like, we had this amazing discussion on this one specific thread in the forum about this, you know, copy, specific copy problem or copy topic. And, you know, these are all the, he'll tease like, you know, here's some bullet points about some of the secrets that were revealed. And then at the end, he'll say, you know, uh, click here to join Copy Chief. P.S. If you're a member, click here to jump in. And read the thread. Read the thread. And so, not only is he, you know, he's he's um, he's he's teasing people who aren't members, but the current members that he has are constantly getting driven back into these classic, these great threads. And so, these you see these threads like come to life because he's got it on an autoresponder, and like somebody will respond to a thread that's been dead for four months, and now everybody's talking about this all over again. And so, like, it's this great this great dynamic where it just keeps kind of building and building on the good content that he has. That's an epic tip for building community. It's just increases stickiness. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so hard to build a community like that and keep it active. So if you can drive the discussion through your emails too, through your sales emails, like that is, that's ninja. <laughs> wow. I think we got time for uh, another question. Uh, a piece, sure. Craig. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Josh, you've mentioned a couple of resources and people that you follow and stuff. Uh, we are uh, in the process of ramping up our, our email marketing, as I kind of alluded to in the beginning, mm-hmm. and want to spend some money in training for myself and some people on our team. Okay. Uh, if you had to buy one, I'll say, course or information product or training, uh, what would it be? Oh boy, good question. Prices, um, I say, relatively irrelevant. Okay, I would be. Let me think about this. So, um, well, I'll give you three. How's that? <laughs> that's great. No, that's great. Um, okay, so so I mentioned Ben Settle. Um, he has. He, I really like his style of emails. Um, they are fast, fun, easy to write, fun for people to read. Um, he charges. He sells his newsletter about email marketing for $97 a month. 
Um, it, when you sign up, you get a nice, big, thick book where he kind of lays out his whole system for you. Um, so that is, I, that's definitely one I'd recommend. Um, another, like if you want to jump up the price scale, um, there is, uh, Perry Marshall has a course called Autoresponder Bootcamp. And it's it's really, really good. And he's actually got, in that, he's got a bunch of um, templates that you can get. Uh, it's like, you, it's like a, I think it's like a 10-hour seminar. Um, and then, like, on DVD and um, audio. And you get, you get some templates with it. Um, if you want, there's an option to spend even more money, and he'll work with you, or a copy, his copywriter will work with you. Um, that is going to be, I think he charges around $1,000 for that. Um, and then another good course that's actually kind of splitting the difference between those two options is um, Autoresponder Madness. That's, I think, sells for it's like maybe around $300. It might be, might be five now. And that's by a guy named Andre Chaperone. And um, Andre's approach is a little more, it's a lot more planned out. Um, both Ben and Perry tend to be a little bit more shoot from the hip. And they just kind of write about things they know people will be interested in. Um, Andre's style is to plot out this massive, like he calls it a soap opera sequence, where you have this <laughs> continuing storyline through a, you know eight, three to ten emails. And it... If you do it, if you do it right, you can really kind of pull people along because they want to know how the story ends. Um, and so, for some, you know, for some markets, if you've got a good story like that, then that can work really, really well as well. So, those are three of the best that I've been through. Um, gosh, if I had, I, I, it would be really tough to pick one. Uh, Perry's Perry's course, the Autoresponder Bootcamp, um, has a ton of stuff that I have not heard in other products, though, and I think. I, I, that one would probably win for me by just a tiny, tiny bit. And just to clarify, both uh, or all three would be applicable to sort of copy in general as well as email marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, actually, um, Perry's probably has the most about tactical, like how to structure a campaign. Like that's actually something that's a big weak spot in most um, email training. Like there's not there's not a lot of good training out there about how to think um think beyond like the the one email you're writing today and how to and I this is something I'll probably if no one else does it I'll probably do a product about this at some point is like how do you there's a lot of lessons you can take from direct mail and bring into into email about how to think about you know a sequence and how to how to hit people from multiple angles and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. Perry's probably had has the most of that but um, yeah, they have a lot of, they all have a lot of copywriting info. Uh, from my perspective, I mean, it's probably some of the best money you can spend on your business if you implement it. I mean, that, that kind of yeah. training is, yes. like you said, it's the most valuable thing you have. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm taking notes here as, as we're talking. <laughs> uh, I hear this call is being recorded, so. It is. I keep forgetting <laughs> it, but, uh. All right, cool. Um, I guess if our listeners want to follow up with you, just to say thank you or for more information, what's the best way to reach you? Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can go to my website, and um, I've got a contact form there. You can it's just up in the upper corner. Contact me, um, so you can email me through that. Uh, you can also, if you'd like to, jump on my email list. I have a um, like my lead magnet that I'm using right now is a two, nice little tight two-page cheat sheet that I put together on email marketing that I created creatively titled the email marketing cheat sheet. Um, and you can go, I, I created a special URL for that just to make it easy. Uh, it's joshuaearl.com slash nights and weekends. All one word, no dashes, just nights and weekends. And I should probably mention that my website is joshuaearl.com since I, I mentioned the contact form. Um, Craig, do you have anything else? No, man, I sure appreciate it. This is, uh, I just, I guess to reiterate, you know, the most valuable thing your business has. And I think that it probably applies to anybody at any stage of their business. Um, small, big, high touch, low touch, high dollar, low dollar. Um, I think it's something probably very few of us do well enough. So yeah. I, I yeah, appreciate it's, it's a, your it's focus a great, on this. It's a, a very valuable skill to have. And it's um, like, if you're going to hire somebody to do it, 
you're building, you're creating assets that will last, you know, as long as you're assuming you're not doing just like throwaway stuff, one-off emails and stuff like that. Um, you're creating an asset that, you know, you can, you can benefit from for two, three, four, five years. So. All right. Thanks so much, Josh. And I, I, hope, our, I hope our listeners got as much out of it as, as Craig and I did. This has been huge. Awesome. It's been fun for me as well. Thank you. Okie doke. Very good. Thanks, right. sir. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks See a ya. lot, guys. See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time. 